Joining us right now on the phone is the man who exposed the Bigfoot hoax, Steve Culls, private investigator and executive director of SquatDetective.com. The numbers of sightings, even if you take 99% of them and put them in the trash can, you turn around and you still have that 1% that can't be explained. Well, we need to explain it. And then this thing walks across the road, makes a turn towards us. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on and I see this creature. Went to look forward and there was a big black thing is all I can call it. The, the whole time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. I still see that damn thing to this day. It wasn't 20 feet from me. You could see it standing from the moonlight in the tree line. I was just scanning right to left, and it reminded me of, like, a gorilla. Get somebody out here. Son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Welcome to Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, January 29th, 2023. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective, Steve Coles, along with my co-host, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. How you doing down there? Steve, doing good, bud. Hope you're doing okay. <laughs> I am doing wonderful. And... Hello to our guest for tonight, Mr. Dave Wilbanks. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, it's going to be a fun night. So, uh, Chris, how you been, brother? Man, I'll tell you, I have really been enjoying this nice weather. Uh, we've had a really early spring, and uh, I know it's January, but we've, had, <laughs> we've I've been enjoying some spring-like weather the last few days, and I've got outside a little bit. That's kind of odd for me, uh, but I got outside to enjoy the, enjoy the nice temperatures. Man, I hope it's doing the warming up in New York, too. Are you guys getting any of this warm weather? Or still? Yeah, we have. It's been in the 40s the last couple of days, very low 40s. Right now, it's a nice 38 degrees. It's still above freezing, so it's not down in the teens. And this is usually our typical late January weather anyway, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just happy we got maybe five or six more weeks till the winter is over with. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we may deal with some some weather, but the extreme cold, which is really the thing I hate the most, is the extreme cold. It's like, uh, pulling but, for spring, want an early spring, but that's okay. Uh, it warms up by March. I'm good. No problem. Yeah. Amen to that. So let's do our roll call for tonight. We got an exciting show. Got some good announcements going on too, as well for for uh, what's yeah, coming really? up on the channel this week. What's going on on another channel and our guest for next week? 
So, uh, or actually our guest for the next two shows, actually. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, here we go. So in the chat tonight, first in tonight, turn the light on for everybody. Em and Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you? B Lynn, B Lynn in the house. Mark, Mark's in the house. The tall ones, Brent. Man, Brent is beating the bad guys up lately. Wow. Uh, the No Such Thing podcast. Hello, welcome, welcome. No Jay thing. Fritz, our good see friend you. Jay Fritz. Hi, Jay. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Eyes in the Woods in the house. Eyes. Into the night, Bigfoot and Paranormal Talk Radio. <laughs> welcome. Oh, you must know that person. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, the show. I'm talking about Joe Western, Western New York Bigfoot there. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joe's in there. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Uh, we'll get to your comment in a minute, Mr. Uh, Low Rider, uh, Grasshopper, Angel Nolan, Joe Dryden, High Five Chaser. Little Kilroy was here. Um, Uncle Bones in the house. Arthur Watch. Stephen Barcello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome from Crypto and Paranormal. Yeah, yeah, I can't even talk tonight. Raptor Crazy. Joe. (laughs) Joe, who's very lippy tonight. Who's this Dave? The guy knows everything. (laughs) DM Zabo in the house. John Ayers in the house. Jen, welcome, welcome. Uh, who else? Getting there, getting there. I think Grand that's Hopper, yeah. it. And then, of course, Joe with his comment. Good to see you, Dave. The mother, too. Not so much. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe. We appreciate you. It makes me sad. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I think what, that's, what, a, that's kind of a sideways compliment, you know. It is. <clears throat> Um, but anyway, um, so, uh, first announcement is, uh, within the next day or two, we'll be cutting the trail cam series, uh, number two. And, uh, man, there's some really great captures on that trail cam and uh, surprising. I wasn't really expecting much because one of the cameras right now, I've already got my hundred picture submissions for the month. It's still got a few more days before the next one. And the other one we had. Uh, wasn't working for a few days because it wasn't reading the card. I had to reinsert the card. And um, I didn't think we were going to get anything. But wow. I'm not going to give anything away, but I've already seen them. And one of those, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. And that, and I didn't show you all. There's another series of pictures uh, there, too. That was like, wow. I, that was pretty, you know, pretty impressive. <laughs> Plus our regular cast of characters that we've had. Uh, some even better shots of them, except now they're in video. We we switched the cameras now to video mode because now we're testing the video. Mode. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm very pleased with the amount of videos on them, and they don't take up much space, and the sound is good. So uh, you'll you'll see that all this week. Um, what else? What else do we have? For well, do those work on a cellular? Uh, excuse me, cellular signal, or do you have to have a Wi-Fi available? Uh, they are on a cellular signal. So, <clears throat> reason why I picked the spy point brand is the spy point brand is the only one that offers a free plan. They give you a hundred free pictures a month or five or in five HD videos. So now what I'll do is I will get a screen cap of what's going on on the videos. And then it'll ask me if I want to upload the video to my, 
like so fall. theoretically, a man could place one of those any place that has a cell signal, and you could like watch it from your house or download the video from your house rather than having to trek out in the woods and get the. Well, car. yeah. Well, you 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 know it, it saves everything to the car. When you get the pictures, you get a standard definition picture, but uh, you got you can only get the HD pictures off the card. But the beautiful thing is, is now I know what's on that card for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And like I say, one, well, the video one being out of plan, I didn't know what was on there. And with the other one being out for three days, I didn't expect much. And then once I got it fixed, nothing was going on for a few days. And I figured, hell, there's not going to be much on there. I'm going to clear them out, redo the bat. The batteries were getting down to the, you know, the teen percentage. So I said, yeah. let me, let me switch out the batteries. And, you know, I, I, I put the, the uh the cards in the computer and went oh my god what do we got and yeah. uh i was sitting here with my wife and we were just going through each one and i was doing it purposely i'll go through this one okay what's that that one that one and then we came across the ones i was telling right. you about in our job yeah. uh so it's really 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 cool and uh, i see joe said he's gonna decide to start collaborating with professor mcgillicuddy <laughs> McGillicuddy's taken off, and uh, say <laughs> McGillicuddy science, science, science. And speaking of which, Professor McGillicuddy now has his own channel. We've kicked him out of this studio. We were tired of him breaking things. We were tired of having to put newspapers down every time he had to come over and do a show. So uh, take a look. Uh, this is uh, his channel and his. Uh, well, uh, you let me know. Here we go. Well, we've been looking at this area, and it's got all these axes and, and bendy, bendy trees. Who filmed this thing? Flying around. Well, I got thinking about this, and I thought, hmm. And now we're waiting, and we're waiting. And look, there's the Sasquatch, and he's going in into his nest. I'm going to go to the ultimate source that everything anywhere goes to. And there you have it. Breaking things everywhere he goes. Well, he's moving on up. He's got his own channel now, so that's good. Yeah, it's good to get him out of the house. Out of the house. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody caught the Facebook post. He was at my birthday party the other night, and uh, he had, had a little incident. Uh, <laughs> and there, <laughs> Joe, that's the man. <laughs> um. Anyway, but for those who don't know, we do now have a Squatch D TV swag store, which you can also get some Squatch Detective merchandise too. So uh, if you go to the uh, homepage of the channel, there is a store tab now. And uh, the, any one of these links will bring you right to the store. We've kept our profit margins really, really s small so everybody could get something affordable. And it's a good way to support the channel and... Uh, you know, help out, uh, you know, we get a few bucks for it and you get a, a neat nifty shirt or a nifty hat. And we, we even have, uh, the Bigfoot laugh track shirt there too. So, uh, 
I may yeah. be able to finally get me a new shirt. That's right. And uh, you know, everybody, everybody keeps asking me about camo caps and stuff like that. Well, yeah. we, we we got a camo cap out there. Um, so there you go, folks. Um, yep. Uh, so next week we're gonna have on Bruce Hallen back, uh, author of the Kinderhook Creature, and uh, a great book. Um, and um, who else do we have going on? Uh, so the 12th will be the Super Bowl, so we won't have a show on the Super Bowl Sunday because uh, I like my chicken wings and uh, the one game a year I really watch. And uh, the week after, we'll have on Jay Bachochin and Manny back as we're doing an evidence follow-up. So we'll be saying, what did they really see? What did they really film? What else did they find? And that's going to be really a cool show. So uh, there we go. Um Anything else you can think of, Chris, before we kick off? Maybe uh, if you folks out there uh, want to do us a solid and smash that like button while you're here and while we're thinking about it. And uh, then now and we'll subscribe get if you're not already, because yeah. that really helps. Sure does. Um, but here we are. And uh, Dave, we'll get right to Dave. Dave, how are you? Good. And we haven't we haven't seen Hard you since. Know anyway. <laughs> We, we haven't seen you, and actually, it was kind of funny because you had made a, a mention of being on this show uh, when uh, we had the whole Allen uh, incident. Uh, you know, he was the guy claiming to have been hired to remove Sas- troublesome Sasquatch, nuisance Sasquatch off a of property. That actually wasn't the show. That was actually Joe's show. Not thinking of oh, was it? Was it on yeah. Joe's show? That was on Joe's okay. show. So, uh, which, uh, well, yeah, the first one, the, the only reason I popped in is because he's saying he was doing that down here in my part of the country. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not. A- so, uh, <clears throat> let's, let's get into this. Dave, for, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, professionally and how long you've been at this and all that fun stuff. What got you into it? You know, you know what to do. Well, as far as how I got into it, I've been interested in it all my life. But long story short, my my mother worked for a veterinarian back in the late 60s named Dr. Lewis Stiles. And he was not a believer in Bigfoot, but he is what I would call a uh, hopeful skeptic that approached everything from a scientific uh, show me the evidence kind of way. And in about 1965 or so, 66, I guess he had, uh, I don't know how he's, he's gone now, you know, but, uh, he had contacted Roger Patterson. He had got wind of him going on these expeditions looking for Bigfoot and he wanted to go with him, you know, and his deal, he said, uh, well, I'm a veteran and you ride horses. If you had trouble with any horses, I could, I could be there to help. That never happened as far as him getting to go, but he had purchased or Roger given him or, whatever that book that he wrote to abominable snowmen in America really exist. And of course I'm a little kid. Uh, by this time we're talking 1973, you know, we'd be over at his house. I knew right where that book was and I was just enthralled by it. Um, and then, uh, I've just been hooked on that subject ever since, you know, just kind of a, I, I what I tell people, I said, why Bigfoot? I said, you know, I love the outdoors. I love a good mystery and what, neater mystery about the outdoors is there than Sasquatch, you know, 
yep. and then um, <clears throat> you know grew up and oh back about the mid 90s to late 90s uh started really more officially looking into this and of course the internet was new i started a website late late 90s called southernbigfoot.com and people would send me their sightings and if it was close to me i would go you know check them out um and such as that so and then of course she's talking about bigfoot bill in 2001 i helped the travel channel on a, a documentary about bigfoot in in oklahoma which it aired first in 2003 and i don't know it just it's a interesting subject to me and i've been looking into it ever since now uh professionally you were in law enforcement for a while as well well okay Here's the deal. Professionally, I own a music store and I have for the past 30 years. But in the small town that I have my music store in, I also worked as a reserve police officer for the city for 13 years. And, uh, you know, what did I get out of that? I mean, it's you really learn uh, to deal with people, interact with people uh, when you're out like that. You get a good idea when people's feeling you love it, uh, you know, and uh such as that. So what, what I learned from that was just a lot of uh, how to interact with people and such as that. I can do an interview, yeah, you know, and get, a, and, get a, <laughs> and get a good read off them too. So that's you know, right. That's, right. That's, so yeah. Um, you know, cause when you interact with people, you, you know, you, you see when you know, you get to know when they're not, it's kind of blowing smoke. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into, uh, Bigfoot Bill, uh, you know, tell us, uh, you know, for the, for those who haven't seen Bigfoot Bill, it is a great, great documentary. Uh, you know, obviously now it's 20 years old, but I still love popping in and watching it every once in a while. I, I have a digital well, version too. What, and, I'm, and I'm sure I'm being biased here, but one thing Bigfoot Bill, I think, has different from a lot of what it passes for that today is it was an actual documentary where a lot of the stuff now is without naming any of is really poor reality TV stuff. You well, know, um, I, I, I always cut the line that if it's a TV series, such as like a finding Bigfoot or a expedition, mm -hmm. Bigfoot or mountain monsters or whatever, that's a TV series. It's a diff way different animal than say a monster quest or a, uh, right yeah on the monster quest is a totally different thing those are those are documentary but i mean yeah you can't you can't have a weekly and this is just me uh my opinion but a weekly series where you go out uh looking for bigfoot you find evidence every time you go out that just doesn't happen as anyone that looks into this honestly knows there's yeah. there's a lot of and I've and I've gotten into lately even uh, putting video up of me just camping, yeah. you know, because majority of the time that's exactly what it is. It's just a fun camp trip, you know. And then there's the occasion where you go out where uh, there is interesting things that happen when you're out in the woods, you yeah. know. Yeah, uh, don't I know it? We we did a podcast uh, September of 2021. And uh, we had a un unsolicited tree knock, and we had a rock thrown at us right while we were broadcasting. So that was 
that was way cool. And uh, whether or not it was Bigfoot, I don't know, but it, it came off in a, a big, a rather recent Bigfoot sighting. Uh, so it was, it was kind of uh, a unique experience. And but does that ever happen? Yeah, not at all. We returned uh, a couple of weeks later, and nothing happened. So yeah, we the, uh, the last, uh, the most recent uh, video things that I did. Of course, the one that I recently posted is leftover footage from uh, September of a trip to the Washita Mountains. But um, I don't know. Do y'all are y'all familiar with the uh, uh, with the YouTube channel Will Star Mysteries? A little bit. Yep. A little bit. Okay. Well, anyway, Will, he'd, he and I'd kind of got acquainted and he, he's been after me to, you know, to come down and me take him up into the, into the mountains where I go. He's up in Ohio and he came down in uh, October and we had some stuff happening around our camp, like quite a bit. Um, a really loud vocalization right behind us, like, you know, just right. And of course we were not, we had no campfire. There was a burn ban. But it was, you know, it was a moonlit night. It was very bright. Um, but later that evening, I have one of these, and it was just one of these cheap night vision cameras from Amazon, you know. But something did toss a rock down into our camp, and I did catch the sound of that rock hitting and bouncing, you know. And it's and it's on there. And I know, you know, anybody else watching that don't know me or whatever, they say, well, that could have been, you know, fabricated or whatever. Sure, you know, you say that, but it's for me. And I know, you know, and Will was too. You could hear his voice. I instinctively, it's part two of it. I said, did you do that? No, bro, I'm right here. And I look at him and he's holding a parabolic microphone in one hand and his cell phone in the other. And he's kind of freaked out. And I'm giddy like a schoolgirl, you know, because something, you know, did toss a rock into camp. And we were way the heck back in, uh, into the mountains where we were. So it, it was an interesting couple of nights. Yeah, there's a, it's that, quite, that a, quite exhilarating when that happens, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it really, it is. But that's this is the same area that uh, uh, from the No Such Thing podcast, it's the exact same campsite uh, back in there that when he come down, something came down beside his tent. You've heard him about that, I'm sure. Yep. Um, yep. He didn't see it. He, he woke me up. I, I usually don't sleep in a tent, but it was cold, and I was in a tent with my son. And it was, I, I don't remember what time, probably two, two or three in the morning, woke me up. He's screaming in his tent. There's something outside his tent. And of course, uh, and it, it's funny, he's he's laughed about it too. But, we, you know, I, I get out of the tent looking around. Whatever had come down to his tent was long gone. And, um, well, you've had you've had Cornell on your show before, haven't you, Steve? Uh, I don't think I, I have, but I, I know Cornell okay, very well. So yeah he, he's you know he's got that irish accent he just yeah. very flatly told me we looked around couldn't find anything and he just very clearly he looked at me he said i'm not getting back in that tent yeah. and i was like well where are you going to sleep he goes i don't care i'll sleep in the back seat of your pickup i said cornell it is completely full of stuff he goes i don't care i'll sleep in the front seat and so the next morning the next morning I get up, I'm usually up for everybody. And I, I get out of my, out of the tent and I look over at the pickup and Cornell is setting up in the passenger seat and he's got his sleeping bag up over his head. And I'm like, <laughs> well, it didn't get cold, you know? And, uh, and the thing is Cornell won't make up anything to make himself look tough or anything. He'll just say, and I went over and I knocked on the window and I said, did you get cold? He goes, nah, he said, uh, you and Elijah, Elijah's my son, by the way, y'all went back to bed. And he said, I'm, 
looking at all these windows in this pickup. He said, I thought, my God, what am I going to do if it comes and looks in at me? So he puts the sleeping bag over his head. So, <laughs> so that would see anything. Oh, and, uh, I said, man, what would you have done if I'd have come up to the window during the night and just, ah, against that? He said, I would have just died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, I would have screamed so like it, anyway, Jackson. Whatever, whatever came, whatever came down up to his tent that night, we didn't see it. We ruled out it being a bear because that's the first thing that came to mind. We do have a good sure. population of black bear in Southeast Oklahoma, but here's, here's the thing about it being a bear. We had done everything wrong in bear country. We had cooked steaks on the skillet. So we had cooking grease, all our food laid out, not, not 10 foot from our tents. Whatever came down to his tent did not touch anything. Which so think if he'd been a bear, yeah, he'd been nosing around. It'd have been area. a bear. It would not have yeah. even thought about coming up to any of our tents. It'd a beeline straight for the goodies. Yeah, you know, doesn't say much good. for the cook either. No, <laughs> no, no. I, let me tell you, the, the food was great. You know, it really was. Cornell, he had uh, uh, before we had uh, gone to the spot, we'd gone to the grocery store, and he had bought some like ribeye steaks and and all of that. So, and my son, he's a great cook and he had cooked. I mean, it, it was really good food. So, I mean, nice, but you know, a bear would have made for that. So whatever it was, I don't believe it was a bear. Nice. And well, uh, that's so, interesting. And that's lucky about, too. Yeah. yeah bears. Uh, you, you know, I've, I've ran into, I've only in the wild down there. I've only ran into a bear twice, and both times they made a beeline the other direction as fast as they could yeah. go, which is exactly what I want them to do. Um, yeah. I saw since we got Joe from Western New York Bigfoot in here. I saw his strategy on Facebook for uh, encountering bears this summer. He said he just hopes they're fatter and slower than he is. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, I always carry a steak in your backpack. You know, a bear shows up, you throw it. Yeah. Run. Well, run the other no, I, I try to go to the woods with people I know I can outrun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, oh, are we always, no, we you would ask me. We, we always you volunteer about, the new guy. We always volunteer the yeah, new guy. He wears go. the steak on the clip strip, and he puts that on his on his belt loop. So, or the pork chop but, necklace. <laughs> You know, the vast majority of the time that I go down in the Kamishi Mountains and it's by myself, it's just easier to coordinate. It's hard for me to plan trips far out because I'm self-employed. Um, sure. I've been good, you know, like Cornell, he's been down twice. Um, of course, Will from Will Star Mysteries, he come down uh, last October. But normally it's just I get a day, I just grab my gear and I take off. I'm fortunate enough, I live... Oh, barely an hour's drive to the to the mountains uh, where I go. So, <clears throat> so let's get into the book a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, Kaya, uh, let me the Kayamishi Bigfoot. And you actually said that right. I, yep. Well, I I have a history with the Kayamishis. I've I've been to Oklahoma years ago. Uh, oh, okay. Atoka uh, area. Um, the uh, the river bottoms that lead into uh, Texas and then eventually go into because uh, those bottoms go from southeast Oklahoma right down to Falk, Arkansas, uh, which you were in the Toka. 
Huh? If you were around Atoka, you were about 30 minutes from my house. Yep. That was many, so. many years ago. So, but uh, it was nice getting the lay of the land there. I saw the, I saw the Kayamishis, uh, <clears throat> drove through Honabi yeah. and, um, And usually, I mean, most a lot of people around here, they just use the Kamishi's uh, mountains generically. I mean, the Kamishi Mountains yeah. proper is a sub-range of the Washita Mountains, but and I do it too. I just say the Kamishi Mountains when any time I'm down there, you know, whichever range I'm on. That's but anyway, local term would you say? Yeah, kind. Of, I mean, they use it all the way down into the. Oh, Atoka area, like the Kaimishi area, Votek, they'll use that all the way over into McAllister. And McAllister is not even, you know, in the mountains yet. They just, we just kind of generically use that term for, you know, far southeast Oklahoma. Now, is that where Bigfootville happened, uh, that, that particular documentary? Oh, well, actually, Bigfootville was filmed in a lot of different locations. Um, and this is where, like, uh, there's one part of Bigfootville where it's talked about where Clint and Gary Morgan, the two brothers are talking about having their sightings and it's talking about that being at antlers. That, that was not at antlers. That was less than three miles from where I'm sitting right now. And that's sighting happy. See, I went to school with those guys and I remember when I was in like the seventh or eighth grade, them showing up to school one Monday morning, just really excited. We saw Bigfoot. We saw this. And there's other people with them, too. Uh, a brother and a sister is with them. And and back then, what, what we'd do um, living out in the country like we did, we would just, you know, before we were old enough to drive and stuff, we would go out in the woods. We'd camp and, and do whatever. And there was, uh, from what I remember, dead cow or something at the edge of this field and they were all said well let's sit out there and see if any you know coyotes or something like that come up to it and they were in that field of course the edge of that field that is actually featured on that part of bigfootville something it didn't approach the dead cow but something did come walking across that field and step right over the top of that fence which which scared them half to death and when uh, uh bruce burgess he was the uh uh, producer from from England uh, was talking to me about anybody that I knew that had a Bigfoot sighting that would like to be on there. I hadn't talked to these guys since high school. So I called up uh, uh, Clint. Uh, he was, uh, I believe, an EMT. He worked on ambulance there at eight at the time. I said, hey, you remember that? Yeah. I said, did that really happen? Or are y'all pulling our leg? They said, no, that really happened. I said, okay, great. You think uh, you and Gary would like to be on a segment of that deal? I said, yeah, we'll do that. But all those years later, you know, that was, gosh, nearly 20 years. Well, let's see, 80, probably 82 would have been 81 or 82 when that happened. And that was 2001. And they're like, no, no, that really, that really did happen. And um, so that was in Hughes County where that happened. And from Hughes County, we went to Antlers and done some of the shooting. The uh, the part of it where Tim Harjo, the big Native American fella, was up on there and he was pointing across at the opposite mountain said, I'm not going to say, but you see that right there? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. They never clear it up on Big Hill, so I will. That was a cow. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was a cross on the other mountain. They couldn't tell <laughs> where it was. I, was. I was not in that segment. I was at the bottom of that mountain uh, waiting and... Uh, 
Martin, one of the uh, cameramen, he got me on the walkie talkie. He said, can you come up here? I'm like, that's going to take me a while to find you. And they said, well, we need water too. So I, I hauled up some water to them and they said, David, do, do you see that over there? And it was a clear cut on the opposite mountain across the valley and uh, didn't have binoculars and stuff. And I guess my eyes were better than his. He goes, do you see that? I said, well, on which side of that cow are you talking about? And he said, that's a cow. I'm like, yeah, it's a cow. And I said, there's another one close to the tree line. So anyway, they didn't get on Bigfootville and say there's a Bigfoot, but they didn't say it wasn't either, you know. Yeah, so they did. That's kind of one of those edited for entertainment deals there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, they didn't. They didn't film me saying that. That was just they had already yeah. filmed that part, and it, it was useful to the thing. Uh, but yeah, that that was a cow up there. Hey, so anybody that watches it when you see that part, it's uh, I believe it was a. A Holstein, if I remember correctly, but it was, a, <laughs> but it, it was to, to their defense, it was a long ways off, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but oh, anyway, from there, now from Antlers, we filmed that section and then we went down to Broken Bow and met with the guy that I was talking about that had to uh, talk to, you know, uh, contacted Roger Patterson, Dr. Lewis Stiles, who at this time lived in Broken Bow. And he is, uh, he says a few things from his museum uh, on there. And that's where Martin, the one cameraman, uh, challenged the game warden to an arm wrestling match. You know, and the game warden, he's on there too. His name was Mike Virgin. He took part. Uh, the part at the end of the show where the uh, uh, Choctaw dancers are dancing around the fire at the very end, that was filmed on, on Dr. Stiles' Uh, property there and you know sadly he passed away a few years ago but um and then we went from there up to where we filmed the ice storm we were on on top of a mount off highway 259 there we did some filming there and then we ended up in the far northeast corner of the state in the river bottoms below grand lake and that's where the two uh uh, off-duty police officers had had their sighting. And that's where the one guy's acting really scared, you know. That that was not uh, fabricated whatsoever. That that fellow's name was Jeff. And I, for remembering right, that's the first time he was back in that area since they had had their face-to-face -face sighting. And the other officer's name was Dan Belda. And, and sadly, he's not with us anymore either. He, um, he died back in the not... Yes, Lord, not in three three years or more after Bigfootville, he died. Oh wow! But um, <clears throat> now they had con Dan is the one that contacted me about that sighting, and that's a good two hundred miles from my house there. And just the sincerity of the email, and then talking to him on the phone, I said, "Yeah, I'll go up there." The first time I was up there, Dan would not stay till dark. He left me down in that area. It, this the creature they saw didn't do anything aggressive toward them, but it scared them to death. Jeff would not come down there for any reason. Now, when we did Bigfootville, of course, you had a camera crew and film crew and all that, so it wasn't wasn't nearly as scary. But he was still, uh, you can tell by the show, pretty nervous about being there. Now, I would go back to that area several times. Now, after my second, third trip, I guess Dan saw that nothing ate me when I was down there, so he. You know, he stayed and, and one time he even brought a couple of guys from a SWAT team along with him, you know, and they weren't out there to kill anything. But 
I remember walking with them through the woods and this one, he had an AR-15. And I was like, I said, man, I'm taking for granted you're a highly trained uh, law enforcement officer and you're not going to accidentally shoot me, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you got nothing to worry about. But we walked into a little clearing after dark. And have you ever heard a baby deer, a fawn scream? A little bit, yeah. Okay, it's hair-raising. Yeah. He stepped on one of these baby fawns. And that thing let out a scream. And this guy, I give it to him. He didn't shoot or nothing, but he just kind of melted straight down. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, he just like, ah, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was funny. But the sighting that Dan and this other guy had, Dan was a police officer and the other guy with him was a, was a sheriff's deputy uh, on the initial sighting. And they had been camping down there as they did a lot. There's a lot of, uh, in those uh, bottoms below the dam of Grand Lake, there's a lot of hills and stuff. People go four wheel driving on and um, <clears throat> they were setting up camp. And there's uh, at the bottom of this really high like mountain or you wouldn't call it a mountain if you're from Colorado, but we do down here. Uh, and then at the bottom, there's kind of a little trough and a berm that comes up and they were hearing something on the other side. They thought it was an armadillo scooting around in the leaves. So they went around it. They were going to shoot the armadillo. When they come around this berm, what they were hearing was this Bigfoot scooting up the other side on its belly so it could look over at them. And when they ran around the side, it stood up like right in their face. And uh, I said, what did you do? And I'm not going to use the language he used, but he basically said, I screamed like a girl and ran. Hmm. And Jeff, the guy that was acting scared on the on the show that I said he really was, he froze. Dan grabbed him by the back of the shirt and jerked him backwards. They left all here down there and they abandoned everything, you know, so um, that it was a, it was a, they really did see something down there. If it was not a Bigfoot, it was the most to them anyway, convincing case of mistaken identity that they had ever saw. But I, be I believe they did encounter a Bigfoot down in those bottoms. A lot of people are changed after they have a sighting too, you know, People who maybe used to go camping for a week or two every year, all of a sudden they're not so interested in camping anymore for vacation. And if they do go out camping, they're usually looking around for Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Dan, and after that, all the way up to a little after uh, Bigfootville and stuff, uh, Dan actually um, began helping me look into Bigfoot sightings. Like if I got a sighting from up in his part of the state that I thought was promising, uh, I'd, I'd send him the email and the contact information. Said, Dan, you want to look into that and see if it's worth me driving all the way up there for. And then on the uh, more westernish part of the state, uh, a young lady, she was in Bigfootville a little bit too, named Shelly Harris. Uh, she would uh, look into sightings that came from that part of the state and such. So, but we ended up Bigfootville back around, uh, I don't know if y'all know, uh, Steve, where we woke Oklahoma is. Woka, Oklahoma? We woke. No. Okay. We, we ended it and, and it is, oh, it's in, uh, it's in Hughes County as well, more Northern Hughes County, but we ended up, the last shooting was done on a Seminole tribal elders place. And that's where Tim Harjo and this elderly 
gentlemen are sitting around a fire talking about, you know, folklore and stuff. But a funny thing there is part of that, Martin went over to a little cedar tree and he stuck his night vision camera uh, in the one on one of the limbs and he was sitting back talking to it. This was after dark, right? And I was just about ready to go home. They didn't need me anymore. And this little Native American boy walks up and he's uh, uh, to somebody that's there. He said, hey, there's a white guy over there talking to a tree. He couldn't see the, he, he, did, he couldn't see the camera in the tree. And in the dark, all he seen was Martin kind of kneeled down talking to the tree. You know, he said, hey, there's a white guy over to a tree. <laughs> you know? That's hysterical. But anyway, that that was it. I, I had talked to Bruce and them. I said, look, if you're not going to film me, I am. I live 30 minutes from here and I'm going home. And that was yeah. that that was the end of it. So. But yeah, it's one. It was a once in a lifetime adventure. I had a had a blast at it. You know, it's uh, it's always amazing to hear some of these behind the scenes, you know, stories. Uh, I love that stuff. You know, I uh, oh, I could tell you more, but they wouldn't be appropriate. Um, <laughs> I, can, I can tell you a funny not any, of- not anything that I did. You know, I, you know, but uh, just a. Uh, like we were saying before the show started, that British humor being like Monty Python is very much a real thing. Right. They they were a they were a hoot to be around. I tell you, we are the Bigfoot who say me. Oh my gosh, they didn't do that. But they would have if they'd have thought about it. Uh, oh, I'll tell you behind the scenes. This is very funny. Of course, Tim uh, Harjo. Uh, it was on there. And, I, and of course I knew Tim for a long time. He, he passed, man, a lot of, you know, the older you get, the more people you know that died, you know, but Tim, he passed away COVID uh, a year before last. Uh, very sad, but I've known him forever, but talking about uh, premeditated. Okay. We get to uh, antlers and, you know, the producer stuff, they put us all up in a motel and, uh, Martin, cameraman, he asked Tim, he said, if I wanted the best chance of seeing a Sasquatch, what would you recommend I do? He said, well, he said one thing, he said, don't put on colognes and everything. Don't shower in the morning. Don't do any of that stuff. And you need a, uh, you need to wear a shirt made out of a, a toe sack, which is what, you know, they the like, uh, uh, what do you call the material, that rough material they put like potatoes and produce in. Like, I'm keeping my mouth shut and I'm looking at Tim. It's like, I've known you a long time. You never said anything like that. And Tim is keeping such a straight face. So the next morning we're all up early. Uh, it's still dark out and I'm, I'm there watching them get all their camera gear ready. And Martin, he's got his toe sack shirt, which Tim just oh, happened geez. to have. With him. Just happened. <laughs> just happened. I'm like going, oh my gosh, this had to be premeditated. And uh, they're like, and Martin's like, where's where's Tim and Kanjot? Kanjot's Tim's son that was uh, was there as well. Looked up there and they come out of their motel room, freshly showered, their hair still wet and all that. And Martin looks at me, he goes, I've been had, haven't I? <laughs> and he was totally good. He was a totally good sport about it, you know. And, uh, you know, and honestly, the last time I spoke to, to Tim, he was in my shop uh, a couple of weeks before he passed away. And we were actually laughing about that. You know, he said, I just couldn't help it. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
It's too bad we've lost so, so many good people over the years. Yeah, um, I tell you, you know, and and he was one of those just happy go lucky guys. You just yeah. think they're always going to be there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now we do have a question from Ron. Uh, do you know an area, an area in the Choctaw Res that is supposed to be populated by Sasquatches, but not, but no one is allowed, will not allow anyone to go there? Choctaw Res. Uh, oh. Okay. Um, the only, the only. See, there's a new, a new law in Oklahoma that basically calls Oklahoma a res now, um, <clears throat> but. You know, it's Choctaw Res. There's a the it's like where I'm at. We're right on. We're right on the border of uh, Chickasaw and Choctaw, and just to the north of me, slightly is Creek Creek Nation. Um, the there's a Chickasaw. They call it a reservation called Cullahoma Reservation. That's just a few miles from where I'm sitting. And no, I've never. Now you may be thinking of the. Uh, um, up around El Reno, the uh, Cheyenne Arapaho reservation. I think that's that may be what you're confusing because that's where a lot of stuff has happened over the years, and uh, they don't take kindly to people coming on there looking for Bigfoots without permission. You know, so that may be that may be the one you're talking about. I don't know of any. I've not north, heard. Of, yeah, know, north Choctaw. northeast would be. Uh, the Cherokee Nation. I mean, north, north, no, I'm sorry, northwest, northwest, I mean to say. Okay. okay. But yeah, if you go north and uh, around Tahlequah, that's Cherokee. Yep. I think Ron just said maybe a wrap Yeah. The, I think you're, uh, I think that's what you're thinking about there around Concho and that area. That's where the, and I used to, you know, keep my mouth shut about locations where the, uh, casino footage and stuff was shot, but it's all over the internet. It's not a not a secret at all anymore. Secrets out. But um, <laughs> oh, I remember that a long time ago. I, I would be being careful, you know, just the, and then then everybody but me is talking about. So I'm like, I'm well, okay. Uh, you know, Joe said, "Can that shirt be combined with assless chaps?" Asking for a friend, and uh, Mike, Joe Mike is in form tonight. Uh, he is. Uh, Michael Haywood said burlap long johns, perhaps. Oh, man. Uh, no, that would not be nice. Yeah. Man, this is just going south quick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to this crew to find something. Are there are there any uh, burlap shirts available in the Squatch Detective store? I mean, the Squatch DTV store? Probably no, not. No, can't say there is. But you know that they they did bring up a good point though. I mean, when you go out, you don't really want to be having all your brewed aftershave or old spicy or all that stuff on. That makes sense. I, you honestly, want to go out I don't there. think. Yeah, unless you're deer hunting or stuff, I don't. I don't really think it matters on this because most. I mean, most of the sightings of a Sasquatch are that I consider credible anyway, are people just yeah. out doing their thing and just happen to see one, either catch sight of one looking at them or crossing the road or something like that. They right. don't dance around in front of your deer stand for 40 minutes showing you their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blue, Blue Ridge Bigfoot just said, I've been to both Choctaw and Cherokee casinos. 
No. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never spent a penny in a casino gambling, but I have gone to concerts in them. There you go. Yep. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, Bigfoot, like, <clears throat> like I say, Bigfoot's a primate. They get curious. You, you put a, a very interesting fragrance on you. It may, what is that? You never know. Uh, not that I think their well, smell I think, is. I think evidence that, again, what I consider credible evidence just says that these things are curious about us. Yep. And I think they're smart enough to know we're bad news and not to get too close if they can help it. You know, but um, and and I agree that is very true, Chris. I've said that a thousand times. Primates have better eyesight yeah. than sense of smell. And if you think about it, you know, uh, it was kind of funny because if you were watching um, some of the small town monsters productions, they had Cliff Barrickman on who made the same point I do is that you know, Sasquatches have very flat noses, so they don't have all that room for those extra nerves right. for for you know sensory the nasal sensory or the uh scent sensories mm. so so well do you think are they you, all have the same nose or do you think they're like us and they have different noses three of us have different looking noses very very true but we probably still have very similar amount of sensors and our nerve endings and our noses uh as a homo sapien we all have the generally around the same some may some may have more than others i've known god i've known a few people that have had a lot more nasal sensors than i have but um you know i you know it, it doesn't uh, the the amount is minuscule compared to say a snouted animal like a bear or a hog or a raccoon or they it were a dog a mix mix siphon there's making a comment about the casino footage i can actually answer anything you want to know about that because i yeah, he says i've heard of it but haven't seen it uh, it's I not a it's not a it's not a garbage bin yes it's a dumpster but it's it's not a garbage dumpster it's a grease trap which if you've and i've got pictures of the of it it's a dumpster type thing but on the top it's got a smaller square lid that they can lift up and put the grease in and what was happening this thing was coming up and uh either trying to or getting into the cooking grease that they were pouring out which i imagine that probably might have been a tasty treat for it but in the mm -hmm. footage uh the thing that walks up to the uh to this grease trap we were there's a smaller light pole beside that grease trap that comes up and kind of hooks over it. And the light bulb is about 10 foot off the ground. And we were able to measure up that light pole that this thing was over nine feet tall. And that, now, you know, that I still video, remember. Is hmm? that video available anywhere? No, no, not at all. Um, the people that saw, okay. I was a contact at that time briefly for the BFRO here in Oklahoma. And I'd received an email uh, from uh, Matt Moneymaker saying, you know, on this reservation, uh, there's a Sasquatch coming up, blah, blah, blah. Would you go check it out? I said, no, cause that's up there right on the prairie. There wouldn't be a Bigfoot up there. And he said, well, they've, they say they've got it on uh, video surveillance, you know, camera. And I said, yeah, well, I'll go up there. And um, after I got, I got up there first and it was still, uh, during the day, met with a gentleman named Keith Lumpmouth, which I just heard the other day, he is no longer with us either. 
and he showed me around, you know, the, the area and such. And then later, closer to dark, uh, another gentleman, and he was, I called him BFRO proper. I mean, he was like really a part of it. I was just a brief contact named Roger Roberts. He was a Vietnam vet and by trade, he was a private investigator. He came up there. He had a friend of his with him that I don't know this guy's name. I can't remember it anyway, but he was not a Bigfoot guy. He was just a friend of uh, Rogers that came along. Us, we three were allowed into the security room to see that video. Okay. And it's not, it doesn't last very long. If the video was longer than there were more of it, we didn't see any of it. All we saw was a few seconds. And um, <clears throat> the gist of what we saw was coming across the parking lot. The first thing you notice is what looks like a slight glow. Now, Roger, I heard a interview with him, a uh, audio interview here from, I don't know, probably 2010 or whatever. Him and another guy are, are talking. Roger thinks that that was eye shine. I thought it was like the street light glinting off the top of the hair on its head or something. I don't know. Either way, that doesn't change anything. But that's all you see at first. And then as it gets closer to the light that's over the grease trap, you see it materialize under the light. And I don't mean supernaturally. I mean, just come into mm -hmm. view and it right. takes a couple of steps and it leans over uh, toward the grease trap. That's where it cut off. Now, that <laughs> that story is actually what inspired me after all these years to do a YouTube channel because I was hearing so many stories about what was in that video that just was not what that video was. I thought, you know right. what? I'm going to do a YouTube channel and I'm going to make one video just to say what was really in that. And as you see, some hundred plus videos later, I didn't stop with the one. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, now, anyway, I heard somebody. We finally had somebody on here that admits that that video existed and had seen it because all I'd ever heard about this footage was it was yeah, recorded and it's, footage. I mean, and yeah, there's a. Um, I'm thinking of anybody else. I want to say probably Alton Higgins. If you've heard that name, he's a wildlife biologist, which I briefly knew him. Um, I think he probably saw it after I did, but that first that first time, it was me and Roger Roberts and that friend of Rogers, which I'm embarrassed not to remember his name, but I don't I don't really didn't really know him, you know. Um, but I I knew that after the fact that the uh, uh, tribe there had had uh, Alton uh, come over there, come on there looking around and stuff, and Alton actually had a sighting of. Uh, one of these things running away from him like into the woods and he said it was huge he said it was like a he described it like a big black brahma bull running on his hind legs size wise and i'm like well that you know nine and a half or so foot tall that's of course in the you know the security the surveillance video you can't really tell the color all that we could really tell was it looked darker and it was covered with hair now it was not um it wasn't bulky like, you know, Patty was or whatever. Mm, it was real yeah. tall. It was real lanky, real tall question. and lanky. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I, I was gonna, just going to ask you about that day. Was it long and lean or was it bulky and muscled up? And then you, you already 
explain it's long and lean, correct? I, I've got two questions. I've got my neighborhood, my friendly neighborhood possum. I can care here. Just found the cat food outside the window. (laughs) You can hear him when he's scraping that, trying to get the rest of that cat food. He slides that cat pan around. Anyway, those possums can find it. They love it. I I tell you the, the comment I made uh, to Roger when we were in that room and we had to sign our names on some kind of release form or something to even be in there. So if they, if they've got that still, uh, my name is on a piece of paper for whatever that's worth. But I remember when we saw that thing and seeing how tall it was and everything, I remember looking over at Roger going like, wow, they really are real. Cause up to that point, you know, I had a pretty good idea. They probably were, but up to that point, it was a fun mystery to look into, right. you know, and I'd taken reports from people that I deemed credible and stuff. But, um, but that I was like, you know, who that's not somebody in a monkey suit <clears throat> with the comparison I made. I was like, imagine an NBA player, that tall lanky look to them and cover right. them with hair. You kind of right. had that. Now it wasn't, it didn't walk in a real straight up fashion. It was slightly leaning forward um, as, as up to it. And like, like I say, it wasn't like a long drawn out video. What we saw was only, Oh, if I had to guess seven or eight seconds, maybe, you know, so to scheme of things. Sure. Question number one. So that video right now is in the nether. We have no idea. Um, right. That, that's never going to be out not unless somebody from that tribe releases it, which I don't see it happening because what happened not long after that is word had got out and people were trespassing all over there looking for Bigfoot on tribal land. They were coming in the casino not to spend money, but to ask about Bigfoot. And they put a, they put a stop to all of that pretty quick. I wonder, I wonder if they destroyed the video or it got taped over in a loop or something. Uh, you know, I would be real surprised. You know, you think about it. Even if you didn't want anybody to see it, if you had something like that, surely you would keep a copy. But I, I mean, I can't can't speak for them. But um, I, I would I would hope that they kept it. You know, and I'd like to see it. It's been 20, 20 years. You know. And finally, finally, the question is: Is you're convinced the video was authentic? Oh yeah. Because what we seen was not a copy. What we saw was right there in that room directly that it wasn't after the fact. We were in the security room and had them replay it and replay it and replay it right there. And so just by your, re- yeah, just by your yeah. reaction, I could tell that, that you're, you were convinced that not only was the video authentic, but it was actually a Sasquatch, which is really cool. Well, what else could it be? What else is over nine feet tall that walks up to a grease trap? You know, now here's the thing. It is, that's all, that's west of Oklahoma City over there close to El Reno. And it is fading to prairie. Now, there's a lot of like, uh, uh, we call them scrub oak, black oak, fence, you know, uh, post oak type woods with a lot of, you know, shorter trees and, you know, stuff like that. But you also have uh, the, the North Canadian river running through there, which is exactly where back in the early seventies, they had the sightings of Bigfoot that they were calling the chicken man. So it's all in that general area. Now my thoughts on it, 
there's not enough cover for a population of these or even for one of them to stay there all the time. I think it just happens to be a place that as they traverse that river, now on that wooded area that's on the tribal land there, there's a lot of natural springs in there. So where there's a lot of deer and, and game animals, it's around it just for the spring. So I kind of like, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe a way station that from time to time they pass through that area and, and move on. But there's, there's not enough cover, um, uh, for a creature like a big, a bigfoot or a family unit of them to, uh, to just stay there. Right. You know, you know, it's amazing. That it, it's what I love going back to this because that was, uh, you know, pre this new era of Bigfoot research, right. uh, you know, 2000, what was it, 2003, 2002, somewhere in there, 2004. And, uh, you know, this is the, the stuff of legend that I remember was this casino video. And uh, always heard ruminations about it. So it's really cool to hear you talk about it. So that's awesome. Hmm. Um, um, I'm looking at the comments over here as well. So go ahead if you got another question. Yeah, I, I, I see. Well, right. I was looking for the video online, you know, once again, of course, I can't yeah. find anything. I, I've never seen it uh, online. I've seen it. I have talked. Um, there's a lady, she lives not far from me now. She used to, she's a member of that tribe and you work there at the casino, uh, said that she's seen it at one time. And then somebody told me they were at a Bigfoot convention and somebody had it. Uh, on his cell phone and he had just recorded a video of the deal, but what they were describing, I said, well, if it is, it's not, if that's not what I, what I saw along with Roger. And one of the stories that was going around, and this is the one that got me is somebody said in the video, it shows a Bigfoot run up and open up the, the garbage, uh, um, the trash bin, grab a couple of bags of trash and run off with it. And I'm like, well, if there's a video that shows that, then that would mean there's two videos there because that is you, not. You know, that's not right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Now, that's not saying they didn't see a video like that, but it is saying that if there's that one, they got more than one video. Right. It's almost like, you know, and that's very typical of, you know, you have these videos and there's always some fly in the ointment over there trying to say <laughs> something was on the video that wasn't. How many times they even in, in, in as I say, the real world scenarios uh, of about, you know, people, people were talking, uh, was that young lady that went missing last year with Brian, that Brian Laundrie had killed. There was all kinds of rumors about what was uh, these supposed videos of Brian Laundrie saying this or doing that. And uh, this it oh, certainly yeah. wasn't, it was certainly wasn't true. So that sometimes that's how these things kind of spin yeah. out of control a bit. You always have to fly into him and saying, Oh, I saw it too. You know, again, well, I'm glad. I'm glad to learn what? that that video does exist or did exist because I'd heard a lot well, it about did. it. And, you know, not to be fair about it. I mean, you've, uh, and of course, Roger's talked about it. I've heard on it and I haven't spoken to Roger. Um, God, I hope he's still alive. He was a really nice guy. But since I worked with him a little bit, uh, he and I investigated a, a couple of different sightings uh, for the BFRO back then. And it's funny on the BFRO website on the one sighting in LaFleur County, they still have me listed as a, as a BFRO investigator. And I was 
never what you'd call a card carrying member, so to speak. But, you know, back in the, especially back at that time, uh, they had the most comprehensive database of sightings uh, back then. So to even be considered uh, a contact for them at that time was uh, uh, kind of a privilege, I thought, you know. But uh, yeah, we uh, Roger and I investigated a sighting by fishermen there in Lafleur County as well, and that and that and I go over a lot of that stuff in the in my Michigan Bigfoot too. So now, next question I have is the: uh, Do you have much knowledge? Because uh, the gentleman that was that that was at the centerpiece of this event has kind of fallen off the map. Uh, but do you remember the siege at Honub? Or for those people, yeah, that, but I didn't. I did not. In, I did not investigate that. Right. So, will not comment on it. Okay, that sounds like a plan. I, I'm, I'm very careful. I try the opinions that I have. That I have strong opinions about. I try to base them on evidence that I have seen or sure. taken part in myself. That one I did not. Now, uh, that one would have been you know, Roger Rock. <laughs> That is uh, one that he looked into before I ever met him. So, so no, that would that would not be me. Gotcha. Okay, excellent. Nice to know. Um, so let's talk about again. Let's get back to the book. What what can one find in your book? The secrets of the universe. Oh, awesome! All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've been talking to the professor, haven't you? <laughs> yes, uh, there is a chapter on there how but uh, uses his shamanic abilities to heal everything from leprosy to migraine headaches. No, but seriously, <laughs> it's just it's just there's a chapter in it where I go in detail about working with the Travel Channel, uh, funny stuff and all behind the scenes. A lot of fun. Uh, there's a chapter where I share other people's sightings that they had sent in with me, given me permission to put in. There are uh, uh, like the area that Cornell come down uh, to. There's the longest chapter in there involves that location. Uh, <laughs> Amon Chris. Facebook taught me to read. Excuse me. Uh, there's the longest chapter in there is about that particular area and what got me going down there in the first place, which was a sighting by a man on horseback uh, that saw one of these things walk down to the road, see him and run back into the woods. And which that led to an investigation of his sightings, uh, his one sighting. And I still go to that same area. Cornell's been there, uh, come down and gone there twice. Uh, with me, uh, Will from Will Star Mysteries uh, come down last year, October. So, and it's an ongoing. I plan on going back there again and again. You know, <clears throat> David. Oh, and that. According to your own research, I know you you've done a lot, and, and I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you your opinion. And your opinion, do you feel like uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, uh, is a biological animal? Or do you put any weight into the, ooh, it's some kind of spirit thing? Well, or what's again, your opinion? going back to me basing my opinion on evidence that I've found, I personally have not 
found evidence to lead me to think it's anything but a biological uh, creature. Now, do I discount the paranormal in general? No, I, you know, I think there's a lot of things we don't understand. So, um, Evidence that I have found in, is in footprints such as that, sightings that I've received, uh, the vast majority of the sightings that I've received are of a biological flesh and blood creature that really doesn't want to be close to us, but is so curious it just can't help it sometime, but coming close to yeah. see what we're up to. Yeah, good deal. Very true. Now, what would you say was the most interesting case you've ever dealt with the most interesting wow um the most interesting as far as on that lasted a while would have been um that involving mark copeland uh down in pushmataha county close to antlers uh where he uh had reported that uh, these things were coming up and looking in the window at his kids and stuff like that. Uh, I'd been to his property. And of course, they, they moved. They left that area and he moved back to Arkansas. Um, I found on his property evidence of three different Sasquatch. And, uh, and the evidence that I'm pointing to is footprints. Okay, there is... Uh, the smallest one was about the same length as uh, my foot, but is a lot wider. There's a picture of it in in uh, in my book here. The longest would have been uh, uh, right under 15 inches, and then there was one even between that. And I, I don't mean just finding one foot. If I find one footprint out there by itself and there's nothing before or after, I'm writing that off. Right. Okay. But, I mean, along a trail – you know, there's a lot of leaf litter, uh, and but there's these game trails going through there. And looking in that area is where I would, you know, you'd find these indentations in the leaves. And then if you follow them long enough, you'd find one of, you know, quite a find bit the clear spot. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like that. So uh, such as that. And there, um, just the stuff going on there, it, it really had him and his family pretty freaked out, you know, matter of fact, um, and Carrie, uh, uh, did a really good job doing that documentary on, uh, on Mark's place. Uh, Carrie Arnold did, he come up there with his friend, Brad Hatcher, and, uh, they did a documentary, uh, on, uh, Mark's place and did a, did a phenomenal job with it. But uh, let me write this down. David, do you know what the name of that documentary is? Because I'd love to see it. Uh, it it's on Bigfoot Odyssey's website. Okay. I said it's I'm on sorry. Bigfoot Odyssey. Okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm sorry. Just, no, no, something that's new. fine. If, that's I, fine. if I haven't seen it, you know, I, I, I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, no, it's on a Bigfoot Odyssey's website. I don't remember what number it is, but it was done. Um, about about two years ago, and they in, but he didn't really he didn't get it all put together until I, th I want to say Christmas of the fall. Right. So it'd probably be about December 
21. I think December 21 will be around that area where it will be on there. And y'all know, Carrie, he got, he died in a car wreck um, a few months ago. Uh, but I believe they still, I, I believe, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, I talked to him like the day or so before that, because he's wanting me to come on and do a show and then, and then he's gone. But anyway, um, yep. that's why I canceled my newspaper subscription there, David. Every time I start reading through the obituaries, dang, I know him. Dang, I know him. Dang it. That's the, that's the thing about getting older. You, you know, more people that die, you know, yep. and you know, and I know, you know, some people criticize, you know, the way Carrie did, you know, some of his stuff, but Carrie was a very nice fella. And he, he was, uh, and, and I was impressed when he was doing the documentary with, um, at Mark Copeland's place, he was very unassuming. He didn't lead anybody. He let Mark have his say and all that. And he just treated everybody with utmost respect. So, you know, I, I had a good impression of, of him with that, but back to the, the documentary, I'm not sure uh, what is, is it? 68? 168. But, uh, I think. Yeah. He introduced Mark and Mark gets, Mark gets uh, very emotional uh, talking about, the harassment his kids got at school and stuff like that from it. So it wasn't, um, but he, he wasn't, you know, any kind of uh, notoriety about it. You know, he moved, he moved off. Um, and he had, and he had been, he contacted me in the first place and was telling me about it. And I come out and looked around at his place and all a few times. So, but yeah, last I looked, Bigfoot Odyssey, the webs, the YouTube channel is still up as kind of a memorial, and and you can go back and it's it's worth watching. He did a he did a good yeah. job with it. Yeah, you know, David, uh, when you were checking out those prints, did the they seem like uh, did they tend to have straight sides on them, kind of angled up from the bottom, or did you have a like an instep on one side or the other? They, they weren't that detailed. We all like to remember okay. they're not that detailed. I made a cast of one of the bigger ones, and it does it, from the cast, it does look like the heel slopes down narrower. Right. But I'm it's really not a good cast. I just wanted yeah. to do it because it was in leaf litter, okay? And I yeah. just kind of carefully lifted some leaves out of it and poured it. So really what you can get. Uh, from that track is just how long it is really because it's not right. it's not anything you would have like dermal ridges or anything like yeah. that um but it's just, there's been i'll put it this way there's been times in the past around a track somewhere that i thought that's nah, not worth casting at all and then i'd go home i was like why didn't i just pour the plaster in there you right. know that, that, that's kind of the way i am now you can always throw the darn thing away when you get home if you still don't like it. But you can't if yeah. you're a long ways from it. You're not going to just go driving all the way back to do it. So uh, I tend, if I think it's worthwhile at all, I'll I'll try to make a cast of it. That's another good reason to always carry casting material and a bottle of water in your pack because you never know. Yeah, and um, you know when you're out in those woods there. It's it's a rare thing to find one with really good detail because there's a, all the leaf litter, pine needles, and all that stuff everywhere. It's uh, right. 
unless you can get a Sasquatch to just be really nice about it and go over and find a nice muddy spot and step in it. You know? Yeah. 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 That's the trick, man. You, you can, if you spot the indentions uh, in the leaf layer and you're at, like, if it's a little wet and you can follow them along looking, hopefully trying to find a spot where it was clear, you know, my, a lot of times you're just going to find a boot track when you get to that spot. You know? yeah. So it's hard to know unless you put in the work, you know, but yeah. uh, I, I think that's a really smart idea. If you find one track, you know, just discount it. It, it, it may not be anything, but if you find a track way and you can trace it down, you might be able to find a good, a good set of mm-hmm. uh, left and rights in there. Man, you know, that, I, that would uh, be great. I have not I, been that fortunate yet. I uh, I almost think that it sounds like there may have been like a family unit there having those three different sizes, you know, from biggest to largest. Well, it, and again, there was, I don't think that these things were staying there because anything of that size, if it's, if they stay there for an extended period of time, there's going to be all kinds of evidence from something that sure. size. Yeah. But the evidence that I was seeing if you went north of where Mark's place was another, oh, 10, 15 miles, you're in the foothills of the Kamishi Mountains. You go south just a little ways, you're in the floodplain of uh, North Texas there, right. where you've got a lot of sightings on each place. Now, I, I think these things are just passing through because Very there nice. was another group of people. Now, I, what were these? this other group called? They had a... They had a cabin in the woods uh, south of Mark. I think Mark said about five miles or whatever. And some of the footprints that they were uh, showing seemed to be the size as the ones that was on Mark. So I was wondering, well, are they, and I, I can't speak to the credibility of this group of people at all. I don't know them. To me, it would make sense. Now, Mark has neighbors and stuff. He was asking them, did y'all ever see anything here? And nobody else had. But one of his neighbors was uh, like a disabled person that didn't really get out of the house and no kids. And and the other neighbor didn't as well. I think the wild card was Mark had little kids. So maybe these creatures were curious. Like the one little boy, the first hint he had of it was he got a little... Oh, one of the little battery-powered Jeeps that the little kids can drive. And the little right. kid said, when he oh, got it, he says, well, he can't catch me now. And he says, what are you talking about? And he said, he said, the big black man in the woods. And he wasn't meaning a black man like a, like racially. He was talking like color of this thing. Right. And he said, yeah, he follows me when I leave this, like when I get off the school bus. <sighs> so what his kid was saying was when he get off the school bus and watch, would walk to the house. And from the, from the bus stop to his house about, hundred yards. Okay. The driveway. And, um, you had the tree line there and he said it would walk inside the tree line and just kind of pace him on the way back. And then it wasn't long after that, he come in and said there was a bear looking in the window at him, but it was, you know, and it had a white face and all, all they say, there's a chapter in my book that I go into detail on, on those things as well. That's, that's very, very interesting. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, Along the same lines, I think maybe they are interested in the the children. That's that's to me that's chilling. Yeah, you know. You yeah, and it did. It, it it had Mark very worried because he's like, well, are my, are my kids in danger? And I'm like, 
Man, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I know if it was my kids, I had little kids there. I'd be concerned too. Now, yeah. my opinion, do I think Sasquatch is out to get people? And I, and I say this every time. No, I do not. And if they are, they're not very good at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, I, I, I don't think they're out to do anything or hurt the kids or anything, but you know, again, the, we didn't, we, you can't be inside. Uh Oh, we just lost Chris. Okay. Yeah. And Chris, you're right. You cannot be in the, cause just like, just like people, not every person's a good honorable person, you know? So there, there's no way I would risk my, my children, you know, with something like that. And Chris is frozen, making a very good point there. <laughs> it's got, that's all. <clears throat> we could guess is Chris angry. Go ahead, go ahead, is it? I'm, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> the man in black cut me off. <clears throat> oh my oh, gosh. The government can come back. Oh, you missed it. Okay. I, I just got, I just got a screenshot yeah. for the next show of me doing the same thing <laughs> you were doing while you were. Yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, a, but yeah, that, that was an interesting uh, case, you know, and, and I, yeah. I felt bad when Mark, you know, moved his to Arkansas, but at the same time, I completely understand it, uh, you know. Um, now, did he move hey, because of all this? Hogging. I'm sorry. Uh -oh. Yeah, I know it had, it had part to do with it. Uh oh, <laughs> Leon in the house. Hey, Leon, Leon is here. Good to see you. As is <laughs> Flat Rock and uh, Mr. Lee 3PO popped in. Don Fuller's in the house now. Charlie Wonton is in the house. Don. Charlie. So, hello, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. There was Mick. Yeah, when you, Mick when you, say, there. The, you say uh, to pin it down to the most interesting, all of them that I find credible, I find very interesting. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but Marx was, uh, the stuff going on on his property was just almost overwhelming because it was, you know, uh, so consistent. Well, it, it, I, it's understandable why he moved to, I mean, it's as any parent, uh, you know, there's a concern. Well, and he had seen, his parents lived, uh, right there beside them, you know, it was, it was his, uh, his folks property and, and, uh, they had moved him and his family had moved from Arkansas to be closer to, you know, his dad and all to help take care of them, you know, cause they were, uh, were older as well people and it, did they have any experiences or did they witness some of that stuff that was going on as well I, you know his dad didn't really get out of the house uh um i i, I can't say because really what i was looking into and stuff was the you know mark's immediate family his him and his kids I mean, how far apart were their houses? They were like next to each other. Not far, something. not not far at all. I mean, you could throw a rock from one to the other. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the the common denominator there is what made them curious was the children. Yeah. Right. I would think. Right. I would think so, especially probably seeing the little one at first, and then just kind of following and leading into that whole. That's amazing, amazing story of. You know, yeah. And then, of yeah, course, before, the one up in the river, the river bottoms of Grand Lake with the two off-duty law enforcement officers. That, you know, that was a real deal. 
like I say, if it wasn't a Sasquatch, they saw something that both of them misidentified. And I, I just don't think they did because that was a face-to-face -face encounter. And I went over it over and over. I'm like, Dan, is there any chance that was a bear? And it almost insulted him. He's like, I know what a bear is. This was like a person covered in a reddish brown hair in our flashlight, stood up in my face. I said, dude, I got to I gotta ask. You know, that's honest investigation, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, you know, and, and I've always said that, too. It is like you have so many people, you know, people say, oh, witnesses are horrible. Uh, they're not reliable. But, you know, if a, if a bank is robbed, people will give five different people with five different descriptions, but they're all seeing it a person. is. They're not seeing in, like one, one person saying, Oh, I saw a bear walking out of the bank, stealing the money. Mm -hmm. That's my point. It is, as you know, extremely important if at all possible to get a witness's statement as close to when it happened as you possibly can. You know, and that's, you know, a lot like you were saying, somebody robs a bank, you know, everybody that watches it may have a little bit different, different take on it. Uh, I remember an interview with a, a mafia hitman back in like the late 80s. His favorite place to take out a hit was in public because he said, everybody that's there within a day or so is going to have a different description of me. And that's not anybody lying. That's under stress. Right. When the person's in shock, their mind will fill in the blank. Right. Exactly. Which I think is a lot of the answer to our paranormal claims with the creature as well. Is, is that, well, I think, it's, I think it's two different things. Like I say, I do, I do not discredit the paranormal. Right. I just don't. I, just don't, I think it's two different things. I think there's such thing as ghosts and things like that. Yeah, why not? You know, but I can't no, measure when that. When I'm, when I'm saying is if somebody says, well, the Bigfoot just disappeared in front of me. I, I think part of that is their mind trying to interpret what's going on. They've just had all the stressors and, you know, they, they, their mind regresses a little bit. Next thing you know, it's gone. Where to go? So I think that's, that's well, part like of it. And I, I, I'm careful not to speak. Uh, for anybody else like that. But uh, sure. I do have a report that I received from down on the, uh, by a veterans lake, a place called Rock Creek, which is uh, uh, west of me, about oh, 40 miles, uh, Chickasaw Recreational Area, Arbuckle Mountains, where this guy, he believed. And the thing is, I know exactly, exactly where he's talking about because I fished that creek and I know the area he saw this, um, <clears throat> that a Sasquatch, he believes, that it stepped right into a tree and disappeared. The guy's not lying, but I know where he was at. And I'm like going, okay, did that happen? Or did it step behind the tree and disappear and scoot out of there pretty quick sure. into the brush behind it? Um, and again, not speaking for the guy, but um, that's a very feasible thing. And, and which makes more sense Did it disappear into a tree trunk or did it right. zip behind it and go back through the brush? And I think that's so, great. You know, yeah, everybody's yeah. always consider it could be an error in perception, you know. Right. Uh, it the can, creature could have turned. Yeah. But and, I think it's important when you're taking a report from somebody to make sure you're letting them describe what they perceived. 
Yes. Sure. Because otherwise you don't have their report. You right, know. right. Exactly. Uh, now, let's take of argument. These things could disappear like that. If that's the case, we got something totally different than what I've been looking into all these years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and I, mean, I am, I, I can't, I can't measure that myself. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. the way, the way I look at it is, is you always let the, the witness speak and you always have a time for as an, the investigator investigating US <laughs> have time for your own commentary. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm laughing at a monster over here. I wasn't laughing at you. Amen. Amen. Chris or Amon Chris. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm in Chris. Most animals yeah, Blend in. no lead there to any Romulan. <laughs> well, see, I would have never thought they were Romulans, so you may have some information that I don't. Damn it, Jim. Uh, I'm a yeah, doctor, there you go. not an engineer. Oh, oh Mick says, monster. I'd like to point out hey. that the Amishi Mountains are only a three-hour drive from Falk, Arkansas. Yes. Yes, the same. Huh. Uh, that, that whole area that? is that whole area. The river bottoms that come off of the Kaimishis, that whole area—they're all river bottoms. They all lead down into Fout. Uh, yeah, I was down down um, not far from there just in uh, October as well. I spoke at the uh, Jefferson Bigfoot Conference, which was totally unplanned. I was invited to come down there just to sell my books. I said, "Okay, great." And uh, Craig Woolheater, the fellow that organizes that, I got down there and he said, hey, would you consider speaking for 30 minutes? And I went, mm, yeah, okay, why not? <laughs> what, what it turns out is uh, they, they had booked Lauren Coleman to talk and Lauren wasn't able to come. So they put me in his spot, you know, I'm, and I'm a nobody and he's, you know, well known and and I spoke right after Lyle Blackburn, which Lyle, you know, he's he's well known from his TV appearances and he's a heck of a musician, too. And my first thing I said was, well, I'm following Lyle Blackburn, filling in a spot that was supposed to be held by Lauren Coleman. So no pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but anyway, Tara, uh, what's that lake uh, right Cato outside lake. of Jefferson? Cato. Uh, Cato. Yep. Caddo Lake. Yeah, I, I went down there and it's funny because uh, there were a bunch of people on this dock there and I took my wife down there just to look around on the way out. Uh, well, it wasn't on the way, but we went back and looked and, and ran into a bunch of people that knew me from my YouTube channel there. Wow. And I'm like going, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. And they would tell me their screen name and I'd be like, oh, yeah, OK, <laughs> you know, and uh, Keith Crabtree was down there, the guy oh, that wore the suit and in that and I got a picture took with him and or taken with him. Uh and he's really tall. He's an older gentleman now, but he's very tall. Um and on the way out from there I was leaving, I heard somebody yell my name and it turned out it's a guy that I knew from Ada that him and his wife moved down to that area oh, and they were going to play some music on that dock. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm running into you know all these folks down here that I kind of know who they are. And yeah. by the way, my wife doesn't believe a thing about this Bigfoot stuff. And when I was talking, I told him, I said, Hey, she's Dana, the South Fox Mulder, <laughs> you know, <Nice. laughs> and we went to, we got invited by, um, Oh, uh, the, 
no bro guys that native oklahoma bigfoot research organization they were doing a camp out in a uh by a toka boggy depot state park it's like yeah you know they're real nice we got there and my wife's very plain spoken and, and uh they're like see we're nice people she goes i know you're nice people i just don't know why y'all waste your time on on a non-realistic things like this <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she would believe it if one walked up to her, she would believe it, you know, and she still won't let me leave her out in the woods for bait, though. <laughs> I can totally relate. Totally, Dave. No problem. My wife is a non-believer. She hasn't seen one yet, and she don't want to see one. <laughs> uh, I got, okay. a, got a question well, from Gregory I, I, Miller. Uh, Gregory, welcome to the show. Uh, David, do you have anything booked for Tennessee in for Townsend or Gatlinburg in 2020? No, I, I don't. Um, and really, this last year is the only time I've ever spoken at any type of conference or whatever. Um, but they've got me booked to do Honubby next year, as far as I know. And, um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun, you know. You missed me in Texas by a year. I was there in uh, 2021. Spoke at Jefferson in 2021. Oh, did you? Yeah. I was say I, I didn't do anything at it, but I was at the very first Texas Big uh, Conference wow. in Jefferson back in 2001. I got to sit down and have a good long conversation with Dr. John Bendernagel while I was there. Just oh, me wow. and him. Which is, uh, I, got, is I got pictures of me and him. I, I think I got pictures of us in the in the book here as well but yeah he was man he was a really nice fella you know yep very and very, you know what very like, intelligent yep. he really believed the best about people because we were talking about hoaxes and he just didn't want to think that people did that that much i'm like yeah hang around a little bit more down here you'll find some you know but anyway, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um I've, the most obvious hoax i ever had anybody try to do on me was a guy uh, down in uh, Pushmataha County back in the early 2000s telling me he had killed a Bigfoot and he had the body buried uh, there in the foothills of the Kaimishi Mountains. And he was emailing me, wouldn't meet with me. And then when he did, he wanted me to come alone to this non-disclosed area into the woods with him. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm not coming alone. I don't know you, blah, blah. And then he just kind of fell off the map. But it, I mean, it's obvious obvious hoax you know mm. yeah. sound like um, bullet maker <laughs> bullet maker, maker. Mm -hmm. oh with the uh, i don't know who that is oh that's a long long yeah long that's a long time ago matter fact, i don't think he's with us anymore probably because i don't bullet maker? Yeah. yeah i forgot i forget his real name but he had this trail cam photo and it looked like it was probably uh, a groundhog or a beaver or something of the like, because it's just a little bit of brown fur. It wasn't hair; it was fur. And he tried to make. He was oh to yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was a porcupine, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh no, that that's Chris Noel. <laughs> no, 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 no. Further back. No, uh, I'm sorry. No, this was a this was a game camera shot and it was uh and it did look kind of weird at first but yeah. then when you really look that's it, like it's just a porcupine right. kind of standing up 
and moving, you know, but, um, yeah, he was uh, Gregory to... Miller. Thank you, man. That's a nice thing to say. Um, you know, I went to school with a guy named Greg Miller. That's not you, is it? <laughs> so, and uh, Blue Ridge Bigfoot says he requested to be added to Gatlinburg. So. Ah, but yeah, I haven't, um, don't have any plans to go to Tennessee or, or any of that. Not that I wouldn't like to, but, um, yeah, well, this June I'll be speaking in Alabama at the Alabama Bigfoot Conference. Uh, which which state is it that's got that land between the lakes that people talk about all the time? Uh, is that Tennessee? That's hey, Kentucky. Well, it's way Kentucky. over. There. Yeah, Western Kentucky. That's about as far west as you can get. Oh, and I, and <laughs> okay, I so so what is there. it? What is it that's stalking land of the lakes? Is that a Bigfoot or is that a tribe of dog people? I I, I wouldn't put much. Bigfoot. Yeah, I wouldn't put much uh, faith in uh, finding a dog man over there. But uh, I, I would think, uh, you know, there's a lot of activity Bigfoot-related over there, I believe. Yeah, I, I, Joe see, Joe. I see that area uh, mentioned a lot. Joe, I, I can't autograph one and mail it to you. You'd have you just need to call me at the store because I can only do credit card over the phone through my through my music store. But I have done that before. I just have to figure out what the shipping is. Um, I tell you what, though, my my uh, autograph is so sloppy. You could probably just do it yourself and say I did. <laughs> you know. But he'll, but he'll yeah, we a can, certificate of authenticity. <laughs> there you go. No, hey, my I tell you what, Steve, my autograph is so bad I could sign prescriptions with it. Oh, nice. You know, doctor signature being so bad. Oh, we we better be careful okay. and not say that with uh, YouTube's new terms of service. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike uh, Spawn says my wife can tell a kick my butt. She's a five foot Chinese beauty, and her kung fu is very powerful. My wife is from South Korea, and she doesn't know any kung fu. <laughs> <clears throat> you have autographed Tuppies, Tennessee, Kentucky, so, Alabama. Wow. So we, uh, wow, we, we've only got like 20 minutes less to the show. It's gone by really fast tonight. Um, yeah, it's been fun. So if anybody's got any uh, questions in the chat, throw them out there at this time because we're going to be, you know, rounding up the troops here in a little bit. Yeah, um, but before we start rounding up, let me let me ask David. Right ahead, he's got questions. Yep. Oh yeah, I, I was going to this, and then uh, I, I keep getting disconnected by the men in black or the local uh, squirrel on the, the cage that's running the internet in Kentucky is Support taking Kipon. a break. <coughs> so, uh, oh gosh, wait a minute, train of thought it it went off the tracks. So, uh, the squirrel derailed me. Do, don't feel uh, bad. I don't oh, have yeah. a train of thought. I have a train wreck of thought. So when do you expect your new book to be out? Oh, uh, depends on when I get time to sit down and write more. But I tentatively, I try to get my books around the 40,000 word area. That's just that's just a mental thing to give me a, something to write toward. And I'm 
little over halfway through that now. Um, I've got a couple more people I want to talk to to get permission to use their story um, in, in that. Uh, it's going to be a little different format than this one. This this uh, first book is very like autobiographical in a sense with uh, some other people's accounts in it. The new one's going to have more of other people's accounts. And then there's even one chapter because the reports I've gotten over the year are not just Bigfoot. Yes, I have got um, reports of weird, other type of weird things in the woods. You know, I'm going to have a chapter where I include those and it's going to have a big disclaimer at the first that I'm not endorsing the, you know, these are not necessarily my endorsement of these things, but they are, however, reports that I've received. Um, there will be more things like that in it. Um, uh, David, er, earlier you were talking about uh, them being in a certain area, but you didn't think they remained there all the time. Do you, do you feel mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't want to get in and say, uh, do ask you if you think they migrate, but I mean, do you feel like they maybe possibly move from one area to another different times of the year and then create like a, a home range there temporarily or, or you know? I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the evidence is overwhelmingly that they're hunter gatherers that move from place to place and migrate there. Now, do I think they migrate from Florida to Maine? Uh, I don't think there's any evidence for that, right. but just, just, you know, like anything, they're going to stay there while the food's there and then move to where the, you know, they deplete an area there, go to that. Now, when we consider the Washita mountains, there is plenty of room or the Kaimishi mountains right there. There's plenty of room. Uh, for a smallish band or family unit of these creatures to migrate all over that area, right. you know, say Oklahoma to Arkansas or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would think they would have to be at least uh, in a short way migratory. Um, yeah, the, the Kaimishi Mountains, not, saying, that's an area you know, large enough to where they were not going to run out of a food supply uh, anytime no, soon. No, no. You know, if they do indeed eat deer and stuff like that, they, we're not low on them at all. As many times as people run over them, they need to step it up a little bit and eliminate some more of them, you know. But uh, but no, they uh, unless they had, in places like this are getting harder to find, unless there is a really isolated uh, area that had a big food supply that people were not visiting, that they were not a intruded on very much that might make sense but man there's just not a lot of places like that now a lot now a lot of your like take your wildlife management areas you know those are pretty for the biggest part here in oklahoma pretty remote and if it's not deer season you go down into those places you probably won't run into anybody so areas like that would be ideal uh, for them to like you know hang out in for a while, but then when deer season starts, they're going to have to lay low during the day anyway, you'd think. Right. I'm just thinking out loud, you know, that's uh Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, you, you were wondering, Dave, earlier that, you know, wow, where are, where are these trail cam pictures coming from, or these videos coming from, is, uh, yeah, my backyard, because, like, literally a half a, half a click to the 
north of me, there's a small preserve. So, mm-hmm. and uh, they're definitely uh, bringing in some very interesting animals. The only one I haven't caught yet is the possum. I know I've seen a possum running around here somewhere, but he hasn't shown up on the on the ridge just yet. Oh so. man, just leave some cat food or dog food on the possum. back porch. He'll be in. Oh, I don't. Possums are cool. Possums they don't carry rabies. They eat ticks. I mean, they're they're cute. And they only live for a year or two. Man, that's a terrible short lifespan. Yeah, but you know, there's a you're talking about remote remote. Right behind me, not a mile uh, back here, there's a thick wooded canyon that there's literally nothing in that would be a great place for something to hang low for a while. And I go hike back there uh, quite a bit. As of now, I haven't found anything that leads me to believe that a, a Bigfoot has passed through there, but it would sure be a good spot. Oh, Mick. Yeah. That's it. Squirrel got me a while ago, Mick. Sorry, bud. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, those possums, uh, you know, we have one. If uh, the wife forgets and leaves dog food on the back porch uh, out uh, during the night, then the, we have a possum comes around. And, man, our Yorkies have a fit. You know, they act like they want to go out there and just tear it to pieces, you know. In truth, the possum, if it didn't play bet, play dead, it could probably whip any of them with one arm or one paw behind its back. Yeah, yeah possums are cool. They open that mouth to show you their teeth, and if that don't oh, work, yeah. they fall over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they try to scare you. Uh, it's kind of funny. I saw this guy many, many years ago in Louisiana, thought his pit bull was all tough, and there was a possum caught in a trash can. He goes, watch this. He thought his pit bull was going to tear apart the possum. And he kicked over the can. The possum comes out, looks at the pit bull. The pit bull looks at the the possum. And the possum let out this ungodly hiss at him. And the pit bull <laughs> turned around with its tail between his legs and booked it off. <laughs> I, had a, was- I had a German shepherd pup. This was a long time ago literally killed the same possum twice one summer and i yes. knew it was the same possum because it was a possum had an accident and part of its tail had been cut off and it would run up to it and it would bite it and the possum played dead and that's all it just like ha, done my job you know so yep. cool animals yeah. though i love animals yeah yeah they uh, are yep uh definitely i think that's part of the enticement to this um because you and me seem to have a similar path of how getting involved in this we both have that curious we love a good mystery we love a good investigation oh absolutely and, and this is really cool because this is something you can put your hands on rather than because uh, you know year many many years ago i i did delve into the ufo mystery that was kind of boring okay you saw that in the sky what am i going right. to do with that you know uh even even <laughs> ghosts and 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 the paranormal at least now you know now we can do evps and you'll get something interesting mm-hmm. but for this bigfoot mystery what i love about it is not only you know you can get your hands on stuff like tracks and broken trees and witnesses and getting out but you get out into those that, that those forests and you're just surrounded by amazing amazing things scenery mm-hmm. fauna and wildlife and uh, 
you know. Yeah, there's no have, such thing as a failed trip. No, not at all. No such and, thing. And uh, you know, it, the the toys we bring, like night vision and and thermals. I just love therming deer. I mean, it, to me, it's like wow, we can actually see them. They don't. They know. They don't know we're here. Or they, you know, they're acting normal. And it's yeah. nice to see them just acting normal and not running off or scampering off. It's like the jail cam project. I'm just loving. Did you this. see the? On my YouTube channel, I've got a very short video of a cottonmouth striking my GoPro. Oh, jeez, that's oh. cool. Oh, well, that this, this, this is one of the trips I was down there. This was last uh, hot, dry summer we had here. Um, and there are small holes of water, and they were all full of cottonmouths. And, and I like, okay, one under this rock, I can see his tail. So I got my GoPro down. And he wasn't biting, but he was hissing. So I kind of got closer to him and he goes, pow, he struck. And on the, on the video, I slow it down in slow motion and you can oh. see his fangs actually extend. And then I left him alone, mm. you know, went on and, and I noticed later, I said, man, my GoPro's kind of blurry looking through there. It's like, oh, there's some venom on the lens there, you know, oh, and people's man. like, well, they're like, did you kill it? Did you kill it? I said, no, why would I kill it? You know, it's like it's down there. All it wants to do is eat frogs and fish. You know, I was messing with it, you know, but um, yeah. and, it, and I was, in, I was, yeah. you're uh, in his home. You're in his home. You're not, he's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, uh, he wasn't trying to mess with me, but I did. I was so happy to get that shot of him. It's uh, amazing. Uh, striking that. Did you find it? Or are you looking for it? Oh, Chris is looking. I'll find it. Later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get it. Yeah. So tell. Uh, yeah, it's, it there. shows it. It shows it in real time strike, and then I slow okay. it down in slow mo. I'm gonna check that so, out. That, that, that's too good not to, not to uh, watch. I like to, I like to see that. Now, not not necessarily care about snakes, but the strike. And for folks who are wondering, what's your uh, what's your channel's handle? Do you have a handle for your YouTube channel? Uh, the YouTube channel just Bigfoot and more. Bigfoot and more. Um, my and of course my Facebook page is just David Wilbanks, and I just use it kind of to advertise my books. I don't like Facebook as far as gossip and crap like that. That's not me, but it is a good avenue to put my book out there. Um, and I've got another YouTube channel. It doesn't have any very many subscribers at all. It's just called Dave's Outdoor Channel. But maybe some educational videos on us. Nice. Uh, snakes and stuff on there there's one if y'all want to see me get stung by fire ants i've got a video on there of me sticking my hand down in a fire ant bed let them let them sting me oh, uh, i do i do it twice video. but uh yeah i don't i'm not i'm not that allergic to their bite i mean it's they itch a little bit but uh it's you not know, that bad Next time you want to do something silly like that, let me know. We'll send Professor McGillicuddy down there and he can do it. <laughs> you know what? That would make one heck of a comedy there. But make sure you're not prone to anaphylactic shock from the uh, from the venom of the well, bite. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get bit. Uh, McGillicuddy is. We'll have to make sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have to take, we'll have to take him to the vet and get all his shots before he goes down. Yeah, um, but those alter egos, that, that that venom carries over to the real you, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been slightly, I say slightly envenomated by a copperhead before, and 
and it was my own fault. I was, uh, I had a copperhead and I was milking its venom into a, into a uh, glass, just being me. And I was holding it and I was noticing, man, my thumb is burning, you know, and I reached out here and I dropped it and I realized I had cut myself on the thumb earlier and some of that little booger's venom had run down into that cut. Ooh. Uh, not nice. Just washed it off. It's fine. Wow. Well, Chris, it is now 1052, so we do got to be wrapping up. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, David, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It has been a treat and been a lot of fun catching up. And, yeah, it uh, absolutely is. And we'll keep in touch and we'll, we'll you know, uh, you know, maybe sometime I'll be uh, uh, <laughs> popping in. And uh, you know who just snuck in the room was Tate Hieronymus. <laughs> Tate. Tate, how you doing, brother? And of course, he always puts in a relation to Bob. <laughs> we know, Bob. <laughs> we know. We know. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, David, again, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, folks... In case you're wondering, the link to David's book has been pinned on the top of the chat. You can also find it in the description below the video if you're watching late. For those on, uh, you know, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and, uh, you know, Stitcher, be sure to check out the video. If you have time, swing by. That way you can put names to faces and, uh, you know, voices to faces and uh, see our antics and videos that we throw out here as well. So, uh, Chris, off to you, sir. Yeah, again, I want to thank David for coming on. Dave, we appreciate appreciate having you on. It's it's, it's an honor, and uh, I enjoyed our chat. I always like having a researcher oh, on that I can relate I to. It. And I, I appreciated having you. And uh, I want to thank all of our chat room listeners and uh, everybody on the podcast. You know, we, we appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, if especially if you're listening on the podcast, stop by Squatch DTV. Uh, SquatchDetectiveTV.tv or check out the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe. Uh, hit the like button. If it's the first time listening, you know, do us a solid. <laughs> we appreciate you. And uh, thank you. And uh, like I said, if you're in the chat and you haven't done it yet, smash that like button. We appreciate it. Helps with the algorithm. Visit the Squatch D Swag. Visit the swag store. That's a good way of supporting the channel. Uh, gives us a few ducats and it gives you a neat shirt, um, including the Bigfoot Lab Track shirts, which unfortunately has Professor McGillicuddy on it. It's kind of demanded. Um, but anyway, uh, so folks, uh, next week, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, on uh, what's going to be the date next week? I don't even know. I'm not even going to try it. Uh, but next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have on Bruce Hellenbeck talking about the Kinderhook creature. In case people are wondering what the Kinderhook creature was, Kinderhook is uh, just south of uh, Albany across the Hudson River. So it's across the river in south of Albany, south of Rensselaer County, New York, <clears throat> and uh, had a huge flap of Bigfoot sightings in the 80s. And it still goes on to this day in certain areas surrounding southern Rensselaer County. Northern Columbia County, which is the county where Kinderhook is. So it's going to be a real good conversation. Uh, Bruce used to be a radio DJ as well. And, uh, you know, uh, for a local news network. Uh, so it's going to be a good time with him. And uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and uh, been at it a long time. So uh, and then the, and then, of course, 
the twelfth, which uh, I, I suppose that means fifth. The fifth will be Bruce Hallenbeck. <coughs> the twelfth, we'll have on. Um, uh, we won't have a show because it's Super Bowl Sunday, and Super I like to, and I like to partake in the game and the food and the uh, libations that surround that. And the week after that, we're going to have on. Jay Pachochin and Manny Pachochin talking about their follow-up visit to the Kettle Moraine. And uh, we're going to have some videos there. I've already seen some of them, and it's going to be a very interesting show as well. No experiences, but we're going to get some answers to some of the stuff we're, we discussed a couple of weeks back. So anyway, on behalf of me and everybody else, I want to have everybody, everybody have a great, healthy week. We want to wish everybody uh, blessings and uh, of all, keep healthy. And uh, God bless and keep on squatching. We'll catch you here all next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.